When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everybody welcome back to expounded universe the star wars novel discussion podcast i'm jeff that's john right over there oh my goodness yeah we're going to do a very sedate very calm episode today as we always Mm. do less hijinks than usual no Mm. shenanigans that is correct because of the sobering events of 1926 I feel so sober. I know. Yeah. Well, I guess that was during Prohibition, so I guess there were some sobering events happening, huh? Yeah, probably. I mean, probably oh, sober events. When, is, when did Prohibition end? Was it the nineteen? Was it 26, 27, somewhere in there? I forget. Oh, fuck, I know. I don't know. Sorry. If we're wrong completely about when Prohibition was, and I'm saying we because I'm dragging John into this yeah, with me. Obviously. obviously, he was also wrong by not correcting me immediately. Yeah. yeah. Clearly, I'm part of this. Yeah. Yeah. So... Please send all complaints about not knowing when Prohibition was to John, care of. (laughs) Clearly, this Star Wars podcast requires us to know about Prohibition dates. Yes, yeah. If we don't, then, uh, then, you know, we lose our podcast license. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, a podcast license is a lot like a liquor license in that if you don't know when Prohibition ended, you lose both of them. It was uh, 1933 when it ended. There you go. Okay. Great. And it started in 1920, so we were actually dead on. 1926, the sobering events of 1926 when everyone was not sober because no one was taking Prohibition especially seriously except for feds. Yeah. Um. So, so yeah. Anyway, how you doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. Good. Yeah. Good. Glad to hear it. I'm, yeah. I'm sober. Yeah, me too. I'm always sober because alcohol has sugar in it. It's, it is sugar. It's just ethanol. So I usually avoid it, and it helps with my blood sugar. It helps ease the pain. Yeah. Avoiding it eases the pain. <laughs> yes. I, I don't this, drink I'm, so I'm, I can forget. I'm allergic to alcohol. so I have I, a shitty memory, and if I drink, I remember things. So I don't drink so I can forget. Plus, I have that drinking problem from Airplane the movie where I just pour it in my eye, and that hurts. Yeah. Yeah. So, so good. I'm glad you're doing well. We are just about to take off. This is going to be one of our last recordings before we... Uh, Head to New York for uh, New York Comic Con. Yes, indeed. We're only going to be there, I think, Friday. It's the only day we're actually at the convention. Oh, yeah. So, uh, because uh, we aren't being, they aren't covering a whole lot of our hotel for this one. No. I don't blame them. They were like, we're going to let you get out there for a day, and then you got to get the fuck out of New York because it's too expensive for you to be there. And I'm like, that's entirely fair. Very fair. Um, So... We're going to be there for like one day. We're trying to convince some of our New York podcast friends to come meet us because we want to eat at Margaritaville. All I want is to go to New York, 
the land of amazing food and go to a Margaritaville and then just make everyone there eat there as well. Yeah. yeah. All I want is to be the worst person. Yeah. No, I just want to go trash tourism as as uh, would be implied by the thing that we've been doing for all these years. Yeah. Now, if only there was a Bubba Gump shrimp company that I could also take them to. Uh, I'm sure we could do both. We'll, we'll make it. We'll, we'll tell them we're going on a bar crawl, like a famous <laughs> Manhattan bar crawl. And we'll start at a, at a, yeah, we'll do a Margaritaville to a Bubba Gump Shrimp Company. We'll see if there's still a Rainforest Cafe there. <laughs> just get them all. Just do it. Just do the shittiest things imaginable. Is there, a Holly, is there still a Planet Hollywood in existence and it's in New York? That'd be great. That would be wonderful. <laughs> so, so anyway, that's uh, that's coming up. We're only going to be there for one day, but we're going to do our usual quiz show. I, I honestly don't. I'm talent. It's not my job to know when we do the events. It's at 1.30 p.m. on Friday. Okay. How nice. Great. And then we do a signing afterwards, I assume. Usually, if our if the uh, the publishers sign us up for the event, then we do a signing because they're very hopeful that those will go well. And this one might, because I think this is one of those ones where Simon & Schuster has a presence. I don't know. So we'll probably be holding it in like their bookstore area. Because whenever they put us on, like, the wall of celebrities, you know, where they're like, hey, you can sit with three of the cast of Arrow. <laughs> hey, did you want to see someone you vaguely know? Or us? <laughs> <laughs> that is that has historically gone very well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When you're like, hey, did you want to get in line to see, like, I don't know, Jamie Kennedy? Or... You could be in no line to see me. Yeah, look, there's and also there's no line right over there for Ray Wise. <laughs> you know him from Twin Peaks? Come uh, on. Ray Wise. Let's go talk Let's to go him talk about his kids. Yeah. <laughs> so so uh, we'll see how that goes. But hey, if you're hearing this and you're going to be at New York Comic Con, then you can help make it go better. Indeed. Come on down. Check out our, our live quiz show where we give away fun stuff and then stop by and get a book signed at our book signing event. And then you know, come assuming we actually do have a book signing, because I, I do I, not know that we do. I don't know either. And, you know, come to our theoretical book signing event, and then just go haunt the Margaritaville, because <laughs> we're not inviting you, but yeah. we can't stop. It's a free country. Look, if you absolutely just gargoyle out on the fucking Margaritaville, we can't stop you, and legally, neither can anyone else. Yes, that's right. You're allowed to just hang out in there. <laughs> they can't kick you out. Margaritaville is is uh, sovereign, sovereign land. That's why it's called that. Yeah. Yeah. It would just be called Margarita Restaurant otherwise, but by calling it Margaritaville and incorporating it as a city inside of the city uh, city limits of New York, they can't stop you from going in there and waiting for us. Indeed. Yeah. So, anyway, that's good. That's what's up with us. That's Star Wars for you. Yep, Thanks that's so much it. for listening. <laughs> that's, that's a Star Wars for I you. I want to go look at the gecko that someone left in my garage. <laughs> I don't want to do this. I got a gecko now. Oh, boy. I'm a gecko man. <laughs> that's my thing now. I have geckos. <laughs> I have a gecko. I had this big fat gecko. Yeah. The, oh, I'm, I'm just so you know, I'm gecko sitting for a friend, and they brought the gecko here. So my garage is now home to a cool, sand colored, fat, tailless, weird little gecko who spends all day sleeping, and I'm, I'm thrilled about it. <laughs> Couldn't be happier. Yeah. Couldn't be. I love him. I'd give him a cookie if geckos ate cookies. <laughs> Actually, I don't know what gender it is. I also don't know its name. That's the thing. Ooh. Yeah. So. It's going to be so angry when you don't know that. I know, right? Like that would be so called, embarrassing for my, you. My friend called and was like, "Hey, can you can you watch my gecko?" And I was like, "Sure. Uh, do you want me to come to your house regularly?" And she was like, "No, I'll just bring the gecko to your house along with a little bag of its food, which is not like mealworms or whatever. It's like this gecko paste." Mm. Um, and and so I was like, "Sure, I can handle that. Uh, you know, I'm going to be in New York for like three days." And she's like, "Perfect. We feed him every four days." 
you're watching this fucking gecko. You can't get out of this. And I was like, okay, fair enough. Uh, so, so now there's a gecko here and it's the only thing I care about anymore. Great. Yeah. But hey, you want to recap what happened on the last Star Wars episode? Sure. Okay. Why don't you do that while I sit here and only care about a gecko? I'm on it. Okay. (laughs) When last we left our heroes, the Republic forces under Tarkin had shown up and were beginning their assault on the planet of Zonama Seacoat. Uh, they had had some mine layers dropping mines, and we had a thrilling chase where Anakin was being chased in his ship where he was threatened by Key Dave, and Obi-Wan was chasing them in Shopafar's ship, and behind that was uh, Charza Quinn in the Star Sea Flower. In the Star Sea Flower, and behind that was some fucking starfighters. Yeah, so the Starsky and Hutch. and We had a whole fucking conga line of ships just flying towards the Magister's Mountain. Yes. And that is when we discover that, oh, the Magister's Mountain is actually just fucking rubble. And uh, as much as Tarkin is like, ah, I'd like to capture some shit, so make sure the mines don't go anywhere near the mountain. Uh... We get fucking Obi-Wan, who is like, man, some shit's going wrong. And Anakin has an entire weird fucking moment where he loses control over his massive power of the Force and kills Key Dave by basically overloading a Jedi mind trick into his brain. Yes, basically just says, leave me alone so hard that it causes his brain to melt out of his nose. Yeah, he just essentially mind tricks a hemorrhage into him. Yeah. And... Fure, full fury of the that's my purse I don't know you at its maximum power level so we essentially ended with Anakin cradling the dead body of Key Dave shouting into the abyss and feeling like he has ruined everything because he minorly gave in to the darkness within him yeah so not the best point for yeah, Anakin pretty much yeah but you know, at the at the uh, and that was a pretty heavy moment. It was neat to see the part where he just loses his capacity to to kind of keep the darkness at bay and just howls dark side directly into Key Dave and messes him up, but good. And then get feels bad about it and cradles him as he dies. And fucking Jabatha, you know, fairly understandably is like that man tried to murder me and you, and was instrumental in blowing up a lot of this shit. I don't care if he is dead. I mean, she's making a very strong point, which is like, if you had had a lightsaber, you would have just cut him in half, right? Like, you would have just cut him in half, and you would have taken a second to fall apart like a cool ninja thing. You know, Anakin's not responding, but ultimately the answer is yes, absolutely. That's exactly what would have happened. Slicing dudes in half is completely fine. Yeah. Um, But I didn't do that. Instead, I used a different force way to kill him. Instead, I got angry. Yeah. So that's bad. So I'm bad now. Yeah. And but this chapter and then she's got her own shit. going. Oh, yeah. On. She just fucks off because she's like, oh, I assumed my dad was fine, but clearly everything is fucked here. Yeah. So she ran off into a little like tunnel that was into the mountain. And that's where we start. These chapters is from Anakin going like, oh, Jesus, fuck. All right. I got to get Jabatha and get the fuck out of here because, you know, as much as I am fucked up over what just happened, I am also, you know enemy number one and trying to be murdered here so I like his first thought is that this is you know we've been going through a whole thing for like the past 10 chapters or so where he's been on trial 
Like the force has decided that it's time for his Padawan trial or whatever. And so everything has been presented in those terms. And here, having killed Key Dave, you'd think he'd be like, I failed. This is the fail point. I, I don't get to be a Jedi anymore. I killed a man with my raw physical dark side force. But here he's just like, well, I should probably keep going. Trial's over. I'm probably going to lose like a letter grade off of this, ah. but I might as well still finish so I don't at least get an N.A. I mean, more than anything, it's really just like, well, even if I'm not going to be a fucking Jedi, I should save Jabatha. Like, yeah. I have responsibilities to do. Even if I will be kicked out, I'm going to act as a Jedi until I am no longer allowed. Yes. So he's like, a Jedi in this situation would still do what needs to be done, even though they have any other emotions. You put that aside and do your duty. So he yeah. is fully just like, all right, fucking suck it up. It's time to go. Yeah. So uh, what happens here is he gets up and he heads into that same tunnel. And for whatever reason, he seems to have had a level up. It's probably just that he's really high on force juice right now. Oh, yeah. The midichlorians are bubbling over. And uh, so now, even though this tunnel is pitch dark because it's like a naturally carved tunnel into the into the uh, the rock, uh, he can see everything with perfect clarity. Now, the darkness offers no problems for him. Yeah, I mean, he's just got his force senses tuned to the highest level they can go. The highest level of all. That's right. Mm-hmm. He's got his force. More gaming. Fantasy war game. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so he makes his way down the tunnel, turns right. We know he turns right. And then finds his way into a sort of room that might have been part of the basement of the original fortress that well, was I mean, here. He recognizes this as he's going. He's like, yeah, that's the oh, room. This is like the hallway and the rooms and everything. Like, this is the pathway that we took when we were imagining that this was a full like mansion. Yeah. He's like, oh, I remember, like, this. And he can kind of see some remnants of that because it's clear, like, oh, that mansion was here before this entire area got blasted to shit. Mm -hmm. So he's like, all right, I can tell that this was, like, a room. This was a hallway. But it is now mostly just rubble. Yeah, and he keeps catching little force visions of what he thinks is probably... I mean, he's never actually seen her, so I assume he's guessing... Vergier? Yeah, I mean, he did get the full force vision when he got the message from Vergier. Yeah, so now he does kind of know that she kind of looks like a bird dinosaur. Yeah. Uh, she's got backwards legs, which this book calls backwards legs and not just digitigrade legs or whatever. She got them wacky backwards legs. She got backwards legs. Yeah. <laughs> That'll throw off people who are trying to tail her through snow. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, but... He sees occasional flashes of her, but they aren't force visions. She, just, she seems to be disappearing as quickly as she appears. And eventually, when he makes his way into the corridor, there's Jabatha. She's kneeling in front of some fallen stones, out of which stick a mostly skeletal hand still wearing a ring. And, and right away, we're like, oh, okay, he's dead. That's the dead Magister. We knew he was dead, but... Yeah, but no. there he is, and he's wearing a Jedi ring. Which is lucky that they used to give the Jedi apprentices rings. They don't yeah, anymore. They got that Jedi class ring on mm -hmm. there. And he's, By Jostens. <laughs> Go no Jostens. He's got that Jostens ring yeah. po poking out of the rubble. Yeah. And he's got a red cabicon on top of it. And underneath that, an engraved symbol of his school mascot for an extra twenty nine ninety nine. <laughs> oh, man. Did you actually get your class ring? Of course I did. I did not. My parents were like, no, man, you're, you suck. You can't have that money. <laughs> You, you, don't, you don't get you don't get a two hundred dollar class ring. Fuck that. Oh man, I got a two hundred dollar class ring, and let me tell you, 
I definitely put some dumb shit on that class ring that I shouldn't have. You know, I don't even want to throw my parents under the bus on this one. I think I just didn't care enough yeah. to, to want it. So I don't think I even broached it with them because I was like, that's a shitload of money. I would probably have to earn it or talk them into it or something. Or I could just not care because I don't want to talk to any of these people anymore either. Now, here's the thing. I definitely got the uh, that fucking like star and crescent from Islam uh-huh. on my ring. And oh, interesting choice. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, you're going to allow me to put anything I want on this ring. And they're like, yeah, sure. Go for it. Like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I remember I remember spending a, a good day or so pouring over the catalog they give you, which is why I remember Jostens off the top of my fucking head. Yeah. But everything I read, I was like, I don't care about any of this. Like, maybe I would like it if I could get an interesting picture underneath the little jewel or whatever. But even then. I can count on zero hands the number of times I've ever seen an adult wearing a class ring. Oh, yeah. So I know I'm not actually going to want the thing. Here's the thing. I was like, oh, I need this with a fucking like full jet black jewel in the middle Mm -hmm. as fucking thick and chunky as you can get. And I'm like, yeah, this is my donka motherfucker on the head ring. This is my if someone's being an idiot, I just go bunk. Yeah. (laughs) Well, apparently they used to give these dumb things to Jedi. Now they've stopped, even in Anakin's childhood days. So he, but he still recognizes it, which is wild because I, I would have figured he wouldn't notice anything that wasn't either a race car or an interesting droid he could build. Well, um, no, he's had a traumatic experience, and that means he's a grown up now. Oh, that's right, he's a grown up, and therefore aware of all things from the past that he shouldn't be aware of. Yeah. So, he, but he sees the ring, and he's like, "Oh, that's one of those old like tin whistle rings they used to give Jedi's back in the Cracker Jack days." Yeah, you get you get a box of Cracker Jack when you no longer are a Padawan, and yeah. you get a ring in there. Yeah, it's a decoder ring. It says, "Drink more Ovaltine." <laughs> yeah. So, uh. so, but he's like, "Okay, well, that form that that uh, solidifies in my mind that the Magister was just that Jedi who because the potentium thing." Yeah, I assume he got all that from conversation with Obi Wan. Yeah. Um. Because otherwise, the the whole something Hall or what Leor Hall thing was Obi Wan coming to deductive reasoning and also doing it in a different spaceship entirely. So yeah, Anakin should be a th- few steps behind here. I mean, the fact that he's just like, oh, all right, he dude's got some fucking ring. Yeah, that is, but it is enough for him to go. Jedi. Oh, that's the Magister. Yeah, and then uh, then Vergier comes walking back up and then turns into the Magister because he's seen the Magister before. Yeah, and uh, he's like, okay, or what are you? And, and he go, the, the, whoever this vo- this thing is, this vision that starts as Virgir and turns into the Magister goes, you know, I'm not sure. A lot of people call me Sukkot. Yeah, and it is worth noting that when he looks up and he's like, huh, what the fuck? Jabatha does not see this. Yes. She is just like still grieving over her dead father, and even when she looks into the space where this being is, doesn't react, doesn't see anything. And he's like, all right, if I'm going to have a fucking conversation with the planet, I should probably not look insane. And he just donks Jabatha on the head and makes her fall asleep. Force power. He uses force power to put her to sleep. Yeah. What a useful ability that is, right? Yeah, he's just like, and boop. You'd think we'd see that one more often, given how incredibly valuable that would be. Yeah, the fact, you'd think we'd get more of that dark city, like, sleep now. Like, fucking... You know who would have uh, been a proper target for that would be that dude you just eviscerated from the inside out like 10 minutes earlier. <laughs> uh, These aren't the droids you're looking for. Take a fucking nap. It would be so simple. Yeah, except that's essentially what he was trying to do. I know. That part didn't work. But, I mean, I guess Obi-Wan just isn't powerful enough in the Force to do the sleep button trick here. So this is just a Vader thing. 
Anakin. Anakin thing. It's, well, maybe it's still a Vader thing. You don't know. No, I mean, you said Obi-Wan. Oh, okay. No, I did mean to say Obi-Wan. I meant to say that Obi- No, you didn't. Because Obi-Wan is not here right now. What I, what I was saying was, I assume Obi-Wan can't do this. Which is why he can't do this. Aren't These aren't the droids you're looking for. Take a fucking nap. Why would he not be able to do that? Because if he could, he should have. Remember that time he had to sneak past stormtroopers by throwing a little rock? How about if he instead he had just gone, hey, go to bed? Well, I mean, as we see here, he has to go up and touch the forehead. So yeah. maybe it's a physical touch thing. Could be, could be a physical touch thing. It's a thing. touch range only power. Yeah, maybe it is. Uh, maybe Jedi powers work that way. Yep. <laughs> crude beings are we. Not this lu- this, this uh, crude matter. Or luminous beings are we. Not this crude matter. Except for putting people to sleep. You need your finger for that. You got to touch them for you that. You got to touch them. You gotta, with specifically skin on finger. skin contact. Yeah, that's the only way that one works. Can't wear a finger condom. <laughs> if your target doesn't have skin, you cannot put them to sleep. Doesn't work on skeletons. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So, yes, he sees this, you know, basically projection of the planet. And he's like, so what the fuck? <laughs> Say and, what? And see, Code is like, well, uh, shit's all fucked. I'm kind of a baby, but also ancient. It's just like, I remember like billions of cycles but also I'm barely conscious currently, and I only sort of became conscious when the Magister showed up. Yeah, so basically the whole potentium thing is a perfectly good name for what's happening here because Zunama Sakat has always had the potential to be intelligent and capable of interacting with intelligent smaller beings, but never had a reason to until it met another one. Yeah. You got a kind of ego the living planet thing here. Like, as soon as... Anakin is like, all right, well, what's the fuck is your deal? He's like, oh, well, you know, uh, I was kind of just a planet and then a dude that actually had force powers came here and that is like, I can communicate with force people. So as we see, it's like, oh, it, it does take some like communion with the force in order to see what's going on here, given that Jabatha can't. Yeah. Although that does beg the question of, how the fuck was this planet sending out the orders from the Magister? Because he does, well, it basically says, yeah, I've been sending out some orders because I liked the Magister. Yeah. The Magister was my friend, and I wanted to like continue on doing the good things that it was doing, but I also am bad at that, and I don't know what I'm doing because I'm basically a weird cosmic baby. I mean, the thing is motile. It's moving. At one point during this conversation, it, it reaches towards Anakin with a tendril to try and feel him a little better. So maybe it's straight up just sending text messages. You know, it's like it's got the Magister's phone, and it's just like, beep, boop, you should do uh, billboard ships. I mean, I guess if it was like, yeah, I send vines out to tippity tap on a fucking console somewhere. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, that's probably the best way to accomplish this. But the Magister's been dead since the far outsider attack, where we're still not using the, the Yuzhan Vong word here. Yeah. Um, so he died in that attack, and it's been taking on the role of uh, the Magister ever since, because the Magister's plans weren't done yet, and it was worried that the uh, the people who live live here would change those plans or leave if they thought the Magister had left. And we also get, you know, being a big cosmic baby, he's like, uh, the Magister came and told me about the potentium and told me I was the embodiment of it and that I was everywhere, which is horseshit. I'm a planet. I'm not everywhere. I am here on this planet. Yes. And also 
he told me that there is no evil, there's only good. And then the far outsiders showed up, and that was clearly horseshit because they were very evil. Right. And then I was murdering people, and then he told me that that was good, but then that didn't feel good. And so you can see that this planet is like, I am having a weird crisis of faith, given that faith is a concept that has only sort of been a thing I understand for about 50 years. Yeah, there's some stuff here that was driving me nuts. Like, there's a part where the planet says, uh, oh, well, you know, I feel quite young, but I have memories that date back for so long that I remember watching the pinwheel form in the sky. And I'm like, are you saying you remember the formation of the galaxy? Yeah. Because that is that would imply that it's from another one. Because when galaxies form, the planets then form inside of them. Well, here's the thing. There is the pinwheel star that is here that's, in this uh, oh, system. Oh, that's fair. That's fair, yeah. So. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it being from another one, because Yuzhan Vong are from another one. This could yes. all be extragalactic stuff. No, but they're far outsiders. If they were also from that fucking other galaxy, they wouldn't be far outsiders. Uh, only if, I mean, they could still be far. The only reason they're called the far outsiders is because that's what the Faroans called them. Zonama Sakat d- didn't know what they were at all, which would, even if they were from the same galaxy, would just mean that they never ran across each other. Hmm. So, so anyway, um, he, so he, the Zonama Sakat's like, yeah, I'm not especially excited about killing people I find, in, but now there's another invasion happening, so that's not good. Yeah, and I want to stop this, but also, like, it really is a, I don't like hurting people. I, I am, you know, the embodiment of a whole planet and I have a, a weird relationship with death. Cause given that it is a planet, it's like, yeah, I'm aware of everything on me. I'm aware of the animals that fucking kill other animals in order to survive. Like the cycle of death and rebirth is a thing I understand. And so I do not intrinsically view death as an evil, bad thing. However, I don't like to just randomly kill people. Yeah. There's some interesting conceptual discussion that happens here that, that helps. In, the, in a similar way to when we read the Lando books with the Oswaft. Yeah. Where, where they were they were having a hard time conceptualizing that the... It's neat to see this kind of a Star Wars species interaction. Yes. Where it's not just, well, geez, you sure look weird because you're, you're still vaguely humanoid, but you've got the wrong number of eyes and you're a weird color. Yep. Um, this thing's like, hey... The things that live on me, it's like, are you aware of each and every one of your individual cells? Because they are always living and dying and killing off tiny invaders to your body. Do you notice any of that shit? And Anakin's like, no. Although, here's Some the Jedi thing. do. There are Jedi who have trained to be able to sense every single, like, little tiny creature and thing inside of them. They don't teach it to Padawans, because that would probably make you go insane. <laughs> yeah, like, why would they do that at all? I, I don't even see what the point of that would possibly yeah. be. Why do I need to know what my fucking gut flora or fauna is doing? Yeah, especially because even if you were fully aware of it, if you were just completely aware of every time a leukocyte in your body takes out a bacteria, it would instantly turn into white noise, because it happens so often and so consistently that you just be like, well, I learned how to sense every time a uh, streptococcus or whatever vi- virus or whatever it is gets eaten by something in my body, and it is always happening. It's happening faster than I can describe the process of it happening. Oh, yeah. Being like, oh, I can always tell every time one of my skin cells dies. You're like, who would possibly give a shit? Yeah. That would be either useless or annoying. Useless is right where I'm, I was like, that's some fucking navel-gazing shit. That is why the Order 66 had to happen. If you're like, what are most of the Jedi doing these days? Oh, they pick their own projects, and a lot of them are like, 
so fucking navel-gazingly self-absorbed that they just sit there studying whenever a little tiny bit of themselves dies. They're the ones that freak out about balding the most. (laughs) I mean, it's the kind of thing where I'm like, oh yeah, I can definitely see some Jedi being like, oh, I've gotten to a point where I can now view my own body as the full universe that it actually is and all the interactions within it. And I can view that within and it gives me a view of that without. And you're like, all right, dude, but what do you do? And he's like, oh, mostly just jerk off. (laughs) Every time I do, I feel like I'm perpetuating several genocides. Yeah, it's great. I love it. (laughs) Way into it. Uh, We do jump over, of course, to Tarkin, who has half half a page. This fucking, like, last-minute chapter of the New Testament-level book. Just straight up is like, Hey, we're going to go murder the sh- the other ships to go get the big ship that Anakin has. And Sinor is just like, hey, maybe fucking chill and take a minute with that big ship because we don't know what the fuck is going on there. And it's probably different than anything else we've seen, which is neat because at least for as defeated and ungiving a shit about the attack that Sinor is, he is still very much like, no, I do care about the ship, though. That's my deal. Yeah, I'm starting to wonder if Sinar doesn't have, like, one last little part to play in all this, you know? Because it really feels like his, for the rest of this book, he's just going to stand around behind uh, Tarkin and be like, uh-huh, yep, you said it. it I mean, that's why I like this, because at least he's still like, no, I do care about the ship, though, because we've established that I give a shit about cool ships. Yeah. Like, that's my thing. Yeah, I'm just wondering if he'll ever be plot relevant again. Yeah. And I have no idea. I mean, given that this half a page is just... We get another reiteration of Sinar being like, yes, I give a shit about ships. Please don't fuck this one up. And Tarkin being told, hey, you know, this planet is fucking your shit up way harder than we thought they would. And he's like, ha ha, in my moment of victory. And you get another one of those fucking Tarkin moments where he's like, clearly we're going to win and nothing bad will happen. (laughs) Yeah, it's hilarious. At least he survives this one. We know that much. Yeah. But yeah, his whole deal where he's like, quiet. I shall not brook discussion about the combat that we are losing. Ah, oh, we, we're we clearly able to do whatever. And as soon as we get that ship, we'll destroy them utterly if they don't just decide to be our slaves or whatever the fuck I'm doing here. Yeah. Which this man, there's a lot of shit in here for these chapters that I'm like, <sighs> Greg, <laughs> What did you think was going to happen? Because this really feels like, unless you get back to the Republic and Palpatine is currently taking over, Tarkin would immediately be fucking discharged. Like, oh, you went off on your own and attacked a planet that was peaceful and then murdered a bunch of people for no reason and attacked them first. We're still the Republic. You're done. Well, that's probably why he's going through all this trouble to wipe out the planet. Because he's like, no, quiet. Because Sinar's like, maybe we just let him off with a warning and just leave him out here. It doesn't seem like they're especially inclined to either fight us or follow us. And he's just like, quiet, you. We're going to destroy them all. And it's because, as of right now, when he gets back to the Republic, he's going to be like, yeah, uh, we got a distress call from an expeditionary force. We went out to check on them. We found out they were under attack from weird aliens. We subjugated the weird aliens. All the threats are are, are taken care of. I'm a big damn hero. I'm sure that is the current, that is always the plan to have Sinar go out here under the pretense of being a useful, uh, trying to buy something on the sly. But the moment we encounter anything we can call provocation, 
And if we don't, I just make my droid fighters take off and cause one themselves. And then I show up and become a big hero instead of what I obviously am, which is an invasion force. It's just one of those things where I'm like, dude, if literally anything gets back to anyone, that is immediately fucked for you. Yeah. So, I'm sure he can just politically maneuver his way around it, is, is, is his thought. But but anyway, that's a whole half chapter, whatever. Yeah. Uh, we spend a lot of time with Anakin. I mean, most of what we were saying happens in this chapter as well. Yeah, the weird thing here is the part where uh, uh, Sakot is basically like, hey, uh, you're a Jedi, huh? I sure would love to learn that stuff. Hint, hint, huh? Hey, wouldn't that be cool? And he's like, I can't teach you Jedi stuff. What are you? That's pretty much his response. And also, you know, like, so if you're actually the planet, can you see everything that's going on around you? And he's like, yeah, kind of. Okay, well, for example, can you see why kids love the great taste of Cinnamon Toast Crunch? Yeah, because there's sugar on it. Oh, that makes a lot. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, just, just just, one more thing. And just, just one more thing. You know, my <laughs> wife, she loves planets. <laughs> and Cinnamon Toast Crunch. <laughs> you know... My wife recently became self-aware, much like you. <laughs> Some say I shouldn't have married her when she didn't have self-awareness, but you know, that, it, it, you know sometimes you marry a planet and you just hope for the best. <laughs> <laughs> I take my lumps as they come. <laughs> but yeah, he's... Seacoat is oddly protective of, like, Jabatha and Anakin as well. He's just like, look, I want to... I want to make sure that you're okay. I I don't want bad things to happen to you. I am, again, essentially just a child. And the only people that I've had contact with that were nice to me were the Magister and his people. Mm -hmm. So I do want to take care of you. And let me, let me just, like, cover you in vines so nothing bad happens to you. Yeah, and Anakin's, <laughs> like, swatting the vines away. And he's like, I don't understand. Or they... Uh, like I don't understand. What don't you trust me? I'm not. I'm not a bad thing. I'm just trying to learn about you. And Anakin's like, Yeah, I don't want to. We're not going to stay in this fucking cave. Yeah. Like, we got to get out of here. We got. We got to leave eventually. Can I? By the way, just real quick here. Can I say something that I found refreshing about this chapter? Mm-hmm. That or, that Jabatha can't see Sakot. And can I tell you why that was refreshing? Why? Can you think of any other child in Star Wars that is the child of Jedi that is not automatically force sensitive as well? <laughs> <laughs> Has it ever happened before? Uh, I mean, I have to assume some point there was a kid that wasn't Force-sensitive from Force-sensitive parent. I mean, at least we only know that the grandfather was Force-sensitive. That's fair. Because, like, the actual previous Magister, who's currently skeletal and buried under there, we don't even know if... He was Force-sensitive. He just has the ring that was passed down. Yeah, he might not have been. I have to assume he was, because he could see and talk to Sakot. Um, So, uh, but it's, I'm just saying, it's wonderful to encounter a non-Force-sensitive child of a Force-sensitive character, because, personally, I think the fucking dynastic aspects of the Force are the worst part. Yes. Uh, and, and so, I'm glad to see it. This is not the usual trend. Usually, I'm, I'm just happy to see a Force user come out of nowhere, but that happens fairly commonly. Yeah. But to see someone abandon the chance for the fucking dynast- dynasty shit, I, you know, props. Good. Yeah. Uh, Seacoat tries to essentially, like, bond with Anakin mm-hmm. and is like, you know, we're not so different, you and I. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, that's a weird line, too, because he's like, yeah, I'm 
you know, a self-created being. I, I evolved. I mean, the magister essentially turned me into a servant. You used to be a slave. Yeah. You had to do what your masters told you. And I basically have been doing what my masters have been telling me to do. And then he goes, but I'm made of billions of parts and you, your parents. And then Anakin gets uncomfortable at that line and, and uh, stammers out some other question just to stop that line of discussion. Oh yeah. Cause he's like, oh, my mind is weird. Your mind is weird. Well, what I think is neat is I don't have parents and you, and he's like, yeah, okay, shut up. Dap, 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 because I really don't want to talk about that fucking Jesus birth shit. It's one of the dumbest things in Star Wars. Yeah, it was. He's just like, oh, hey, uh, so why are you self-aware? And he's like, I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's convenient. Uh, you know, the magister showed up and reached out to me and I was just kind of like, what up? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's your boy. So so uh, around towards the end of this chapter. Uh, we do get a bit of discussion between Anakin and uh, uh, Sukkot because Sukkot's like, I feel like I'm going to have to repel these invaders. That that has to happen. I can't let them destroy the people and the and what we've created here. Uh, we have a, a civilization. We live in a society. I can't let them destroy that. So I'm going to have to, even though I don't want to, I'm going to have to do, do some defenses. Well, I mean, that's going to happen in another chapter. Oh, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, but, this one, he's mostly just like, hey, can you make it so that this fucking tunnel doesn't collapse yeah, on us when we leave? Because it starts collapsing, and that's finally the impetus that Sakot needs to be convinced that, like, yeah, you should help us escape from this, at least this room. Yeah. Can you just use your vines to, like, prop up the hallway so we can get out? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, sure. Why not? So it rescues them. They get outside, but only just in time to see one of those Republic-era mine layers come down for a landing. And, oh, no. And it basically just, like, full drop scoops the ship that Anakin has. Because it is large enough to just kind of, like, land belly first on the Sakotan ship that Anakin has and just go, and just put it inside of itself. And then... Out comes a shitload of fucking Republic troops and Sinar and Tarkin. Yeah, I like that Anakin has no idea who either of those men are, so they're just two skinny dudes who look similar to him. Yeah, he's like, what are these fucking brothers? <laughs> these guys look like assholes. <laughs> these two assholes. <laughs> um, immediately, a gang of troops surround the body of Key Dave and our heroes. Sinar whispers something quietly to Tarkin, because so, I guess Tarkin doesn't know what Anakin looks like either. So uh, so Tarkin just goes, yes, that one, leave the girl. Just leave her here on the mountain. We don't give a shit. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. And, you know, Tarkin knows who Anakin is. Yeah. He's just like, oh, hey, you're that kid who fucks around with robots. I used you to, you know, spy on the Jedi. Cool. Thank Glad you. Glad you're here. Yeah. Gra Let's grats go. Grats on the really cool ship. We already put it inside of our ship. It's ours now. Let's go. Yeah, and you got to come with me. And, you know, Sinar's like, so what are you going to do about, you know, Key Dave over here. And he's like, I don't give a shit about Key Dave. What that are you was talking a about? failure that is currently still dead from failure. So he's like, don't, that's don't... a failure that corrected itself. Yes. So nothing, nothing <laughs> is my plan. Leave him here to rot and we'll fuck off. Which and... is especially important because part of Key Dave's whole like redemption arc is that he needs his stupid, proper cremation burial. Yeah. So he's just like, not even that. Nope. Mm. He can just rot here on the side of a mountain. Yeah. And Tarkin, oddly enough, I don't know where he got the information that this is what needs to happen, but he's like, all right, well, we need Anakin and Hey, you got to stay with your ship and make sure it stays alive. Mm -hmm. And we're going to take you to the Jedi temple. And I'm like, how do you know he needs to stay with the ship to keep it alive? They barely know he needs to stay with the ship to keep it alive. But Sinar knew because Sinar has one of the old ships that died as soon as it got separated from its pilot. 
so he knew. So the question, so, so really, it's either did Sinar tell Tarkin, which is no, or has Tarkin been spying on Sinar for forever, and that part's a yes. Remember, he could just walk right into Tark into Sinar's like secret super museum or whatever from way back at the beginning. So my guess is he just knows everything Sinar knows. Eh, because Sinar at least having some information about it is like, yeah, but he interviewed this guy himself. It's not like, oh, I've got a video of me talking to this that could have leaked to Tarkin. Yeah. It's it's just a moment of that where I'm like, wait a minute, how the fuck would you know this? That's fair. That's fair. Because uh, Sinar certainly isn't going to tell you shit. Well, we okay. there was one other thing that we might have learned about this, which is Sinar used to have that advertising droid that he used to get as the ticket that he had Key Dave go down to the planet with. Maybe the because that thing was pretty open and forthcoming about how they sell spaceships to rich people here and I can tell you all about them. So maybe that thing told Sinar I mean, or Key Dave the process. I still doubt it, given that like Charza Quim was one of those people and it's not like he knew anything about this. That's fair. It's like even when they went to go do the whole process, it wasn't until the ship was fully made that they went. Oh, and you're bonded to the ship, and it'll die if you aren't near it. Like, they didn't find out about that until, like, an hour ago. Yeah, maybe the book has 15 pages left, and they're like, whatever, everyone knows everything. Anyway, nobody gives a fuck. Fine, fine. I everyone. mean, I could see Sinar maybe saying something just because he's like, no, I, I, am, I am interested in the ship. I would like it to stay alive. That might have been the whisper. That it, it, Rather than that, get that one, he might have just been like, you have to bring the boy alive, or else the ship's going to die. Yeah. So, so maybe that's what happened there. Anyway, we go over to Obi-Wan, who, with Shapa, is over to the uh the mountain yeah and they're still being followed by fucking droid fighters and other but weird ship nonsense. is one of those sakotan ships so they can't catch them and uh so they're fine and the shoppa's super worried He's like oh no they're gonna take the magister's daughter and obi-wan's like no they're not no they're not they don't give a fuck about the magister or daughter or, or any of the shit that you were doing yeah they just want that ship and that means they're gonna take anakin because the ship will die so so, uh, and plus I can sense that she's still waiting on the mountain and they've taken Anakin into the ship. So here's the deal. Land down there, drop me off, get the girl, leave. And he's like, leave you here. This is a fucking mountain in the middle of nowhere. Wait. Also the starfighters that are following us will immediately murder you. And he's like, eh, maybe yeah, probably, <laughs> but here's the thing. There is nothing left for you to do for me and nothing left for me to do for you. So just yeah. leave me here. What's going to happen is we're going to go there. I'm going to get you Jabatha and then you fuck off and save her and I don't know, maybe I'll distract some fighters or whatever. Who knows? Yeah, I'll do something. But certainly sitting in your ship is doing me nothing, so just drop me off. And I like how these two are just not friends. Like, when they land, Obi-Wan just leaves. He doesn't even say, like, hey, thanks for the ride. Nothing. He just gets up and walks out. Oh, the, I mean, the conversation they had were basically, eventually, Shapa, who had, you know, as we mentioned last episode, who had up till this point been like, hey, I'm kind of a cool guy. I'm not even big on, you know... All the formal nonsense we have to do. I don't care about ceremony. But the second it was like, hey, I think your magister's probably dead. And he's like, no, never. It couldn't be. Blasphemy. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay. This is a cult. I get it. Even if you aren't like ridiculous like Gan, you are still part of the cult. Okay. And that just sort of created a rift such that Obi-Wan now is like, all right, hold on a second. Just Jedi leaps out of this ship grabs Jabatha, leaps back up, drops her ass through the sunroof. She's roof. having a big old tantrum. She's like, what the fuck? Don't take me. What, what are you doing? Where's Anakin? What the oh, fuck? Ah. And he's just like, like blump, I, I, blump, leave. Through the sunroof, peace, and just leaps off again. Yeah, he's done. He's got his own shit to do. 
He's he's had to that point in Jedi storytelling where they just go like, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do next, but I'm going to draw my lightsaber and just wave it around until something important happens. <laughs> I'm going to just get a lightsaber out and pray. Yeah, and something good will happen. That's because I understand story structure. <laughs> and, you know, indeed he does. Like, Shapa, as soon as Jabbath is on there, is like, peace, I'm out. Yeah. And a couple droid fighters show up. Like, one of them still chases after Shapa. You know, I guess hope springs eternal. Yep. And- but... The other two are like, oh, let's kill this guy. Let's kill this guy on the ground. And they manage to uh, hit twice, but both times he manages to deflect with lightsaber, although it really hurts because ship tober lasers aren't something you're supposed to do that with, or at least they weren't until we established that it's actually pretty easy and you can do whatever you want if you're Ahsoka Tano from the new show. Ah. Um, so we've established that it's a regular thing that Jedi can do now if it, oh, in, yeah. in, in canon. The laser bolts, however, from a ship have a lot of weight behind them. Yes. So it is... Basically just rattling and almost pulling the lightsaber out of his hand but in order of them, to do this. One of them falls fa- foul and lights Key Dave on fire, so he gets his happy cremation <laughs> burial right, right yeah, there. Yeah, he's so, like, oh, look at that. He uh, gets cremated. Hooray. Which is also useful because the first thing that Obi-Wan did when he got out there was see Key Dave's body and be like, okay, something's wrong with that. Oh, yeah. He's like, all right, well, that's fucked. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't have time to investigate it yet. But, but I can tell Anakin murdered this dude and did not have a lightsaber, so... That's worrying. That's against our special stupid little rules. Uh, he better have thrown a really heavy rock at this guy or something and made a vroom noise when he did it or else it doesn't count. That's dark side. Dark side. It doesn't make lightsaber noises. Or you don't do it from an inside of a starfighter. If you're inside of a starfighter and you're a Jedi, you can indiscriminately murder whoever. True. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, the He doesn't actually take out the two ships, though. No. Rather, the star sea flower shows up and is like, fuck you. Blap, blap, done. <laughs> Yo, I'm the best. What up? And then just lowers its ramp and kind of scoops Obi-Wan up yeah. as the mountain crumbles. So yeah. Key Dave got both a cremation and a burial at this point. Yep. Good for him. And there's no time wasted. Anakin runs through the wet ship that is the Star Sea Flower, gets back up to Charza Quinn's room, and he's like, uh, yeah, they have Anakin follow them. And Charza Quinn's like, yeah, I already plotted that course. Yeah, we're going to go get him. They, got, course, they got your Padawan, my dude. We yeah. got to go get him. We got to go get him. And Anakin, meanwhile, on the uh, Republic ship that has his ship in its belly going through is trying to essentially come to terms with Key Dave's death again. He is like, fuck, uh, when I was in the mountain, I at least had the mission of trying to save Jabatha. Now that I'm just sort of sitting here, not able to do anything... I can't get Key Dave's fucking face out of my mind. I, I fucked up and straight up has like a groaning, terrible time where he's just like, Oh God, what have I done? Yeah. And the troopers that are on the ship just kind of go, yeah, all right. Fucking kid. (laughs) He's also been brusquely locked up with his ship because right as they get up on board or, uh, Tarkin's like, yeah, stay in there. Uh, you're a prisoner, whatever, but we need you to stay near your ship and keep it alive because, well, number one, we need that ship really bad, but number two, I have to get you back to the Jedi Temple. They're worried sick about where you are. Yeah. Uh, And that's when, you know, he looks up and sees Jabatha, or is it Vergeer, or is it the Magister? Hey, and it's, it's Sakot. Sakot's like, all right, so, okay, let's, Uh, I don't want to talk about this because it makes me very uncomfortable, but... I'm about to unleash all the really big stuff. Uh, yeah, like they've been destroying settlements, and I can't let that happen. 
So I'm going to do the big stuff, and I'm probably going to kill everything in space right now. I'm I'm not sure, because, you know, the Magister prepared for this, but we never, you know, tested it yeah. or had any sort of, like, trial run on me doing ridiculous bullshit. So uh, it's possible I might murder you, and if I do, I'm very sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. I'm going to try not to blow up your specific ship, but, I mean, I don't even... I'm really kind of hoping that what happens here is those huge doors that we're opening deploy continent-sized arms that come out, and the and the planet starts boxing. That's that's what I want. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's just going to be giant fucking engines to shoot this planet somewhere. Else. I know it's hyperdrive engines, so they can leave. And I assume that the the process of a planet going into hyperdrive fucks with the gravity well so bad that it kills all these ships. I I like that in this conversation they're having where he's like. Hey, I'm probably going to murder all these people, and I'm very sorry if I do that to you. And Anakin's just like, so did you, like, did you kill far outsiders? And he's like, I probably did. And the fact that Seacoat kind of is still not aware enough of itself, that's like, I probably must have, right? Yeah, I, that, I'm sure I did. Yeah, I mean, I did it under someone else's orders, but I'm pretty sure that that did happen. I mean... I don't know. When you sneeze and it kills a bunch of bacteria out in front of you, do you notice? I don't. How much bread have you eaten? <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things where it's just like the fact that Seacoat is still so young and so ancient is just a fun thing where anytime someone's like, so did you do a big murder? He's like, oh, probably. <laughs> well, it's, 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 it's multiple things because, yeah, it's also it's unawareness because he very new to being aware at all, but also... This, the the proportion of scale is so different that, he, that, that they're asking him, hey, did you at one point kill a bunch of microscopic guys relative to you that were so far away from you that you wouldn't have had any way to sense them because they were out in the void and you have no tendrils that reach that far? And he's like, I don't know, maybe. Possible. Who could stop me, I guess? I mean, the fact that he's like, dude, every experience I have right now is brand goddamn new to me. Like, yeah. I am a very new mind that can remember being a planet, but still being self-aware is kind of novel for me. So, you know, I don't really know what I'm doing very well. Yeah. I mean, my favorite part here is when the, one of the soldiers walks up cause Anakin's talking to what appears to be himself in this uh, hallway. And he's like, what are you doing? And Anakin says, I'm talking to the planet. He it's, says, he says he's going to kill everybody in he's, space. He's going to blast you out of the sky. And <laughs> The guard's just like, yeah, all right, that's great, He's, kid. No, he won't. It's a backwater swamp planet. It doesn't matter. And Anakin just looks at him and goes like, hmm, mm. yeah. And that mm. gives the guy enough of a, like, a weird, creepy fact to, to just leave. And that and Anakin, at that point, is like, all right, okay, well, I guess it's time for me to start preparing to die, which is a rough thing to imagine a 12-year-old going through. Oh, yeah. He's like, well, I just did a weird, evil murder, and now I must prepare myself for the inevitable death that will come at the hands of a planet that doesn't wish to kill me. Yeah. So he's just going to go into a little meditation and get ready to die. Yeah. He's just like, look, see, Coke goes, look, I, you know, I gotta, I gotta murder some guys and I'm sorry. And he's, Anakin is fully just like, hey, you gotta do what you gotta do. I get it. These guys suck. Yeah. Now we get back to Tarkin at this point. Tarkin and Sinar are walking back up into their ship. This is basically a chance for Tarkin to be sniffy about how some guy doesn't look up to his sartorial standards because the captain of the mine layer ship is there and he looks too old for Tarkin to be appreciative of like, him. Oh, you're too disheveled. Ugh. Ugh. 
Well, I tell you what, Sinar, when I'm in charge, I shall become the barber of the Republic and cut out useless cuticles like that guy hiding from us right now. And Sinar's like, I guess I'll just be the guy who follows along behind you and sweeps, huh? And well, you'll be rewarded for sweeping. All in my gracious orbit shall see mm, prizes. And you're like, Tarkin, what are you doing? <laughs> now, how long until we arrive back on my large ship? Uh, 15 minutes. Antiquated! Antiquated and terrible! Let us go to interview the boy! Uh. So we just know that we're setting him up for a big failure, but not a deathly one because he's got to die in New Hope. Uh, and then finally... I do like Sinar is looking out of the ship at this point. Yeah, and he's it's just, just like, watching. I can still see those fucking things coming out of this planet. You know they're going to do something cool! He's like, god damn it, I just hope it doesn't kill me. Yeah. Because he's like... Well, uh, I guess you're doing real good down there as he looks at the giant fuck-off monoliths that are opening. Yep, nothing could go wrong now, Tarkin. I'm sure you're doing great. <laughs> I feel like at this point, the only way the book ends functionally is if ever, all this shit in space does die. And it's just that uh, this the uh, Sakatan ship that Anakin owns happens to have Sinar and Tarkin on it, where that's where they were interviewing him. They're like, well, just do it in your ship. It'll be fun. <laughs> what a hoot and a holler. What a novel idea. And every other one of these Republic schmoes dies. I mean, granted, the Star Sea Flower has to get out, too, because it has an Obi-Wan on it. Oh, yeah. But meanwhile, on the Star Sea Flower... Yep. Uh, Obi-Wan is just like, well, I know my, my Padawan is alive, and Charles is like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, they need him alive for the ship. They'll keep him alive. Yeah. Plus, I mean, I could sense him a minute ago, but I could also sense him kind of withdraw himself. So he's like cutting himself off. Yeah. That's not what you do when you die. That's what you do when you're getting ready to. And Charza is having basically the same reaction I did of just like, I can't believe the fucking Republic would attack this planet. This is dumb as shit. Yeah. He's like, I would, this would make sense for the trade federation. So some of those lucre hulks out there make sense to be here, but what is going on? What is this shit? And then he's like, look, these are clearly Republic people. You're sworn to protect them. Are you, like, is this a conflict of interest if we got to go in there and murder a bunch of guys to get your Padawan? Or like, <laughs> what are we doing here, my man? I need to know what page you're on. <laughs> nah, bro. Bros before clones. <laughs> That's how this works. We're going to. Oh, there's no clones yet. I know. I know. I just really like the rhyme. Uh, or slant rhyme. Um. But he's like, no, I follow an ancient and more elderly tradition than that. And that is that I must rescue my Padawan. Yeah. Before I protect the Republic, I protect my Padawan. Yeah. So, you know, fuck these guys. <laughs> uh, I feel like that can't be the Jedi code. <laughs> and, you know, even then he's still just charges like, so did you, I mean, you, you gotta know when you get back, there's gonna be some shit about this, right? Yeah. Like. There's no way that this was true. And Obi-Wan is desperately trying to be like, well, maybe this was just a isolated incident of a overly ambitious general who well, took advantage of an area. Technically, he's right. <laughs> uh, maybe uh, some ships fell through the cracks and these aren't even Republic guys. Yeah, maybe some sort of unscrupulous weirdo with a suit with a human supremacist agenda is... Uh, no, that sounds crazy. Uh, I mean, it could be. Technically, he's 100% right about what's happening here. Uh, but Charles is like, oh, it's fine. Uh, when we get there, we're gonna... Essentially, we're faster than their dumb mine-laying ship, which is what grabbed uh, the Sakotan ship. Yes. And he's like, all right, we'll probably meet up with the main big capital ship that they're going to about the same time they do. 
Uh, I have a cool thing I do, and I'm going to uh, go put myself underneath the belly, and I- I'm probably going to just drill into the bottom of this ship. Yeah, he's like, well, we're going to get underneath the ship, and I'm going to deploy my newest toy. And Obi-Wan's, I've got fun toys for pirates. Toy. And Obi-Wan's like, what What do you ta- What toy do you have? And he goes, oh, something that's super useful in this new age of piracy. And I'm like, oh, so do you have a top-mounted drill like Final Fantasy IV, or are we going to do one of those like shooting a... A, a, a like a missile harpoon, but it's got Obi Wan inside of it. Are we gonna do a, a piggy in 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 Rogue Squadron or Wraith Squadron? Which one's it gonna be? Well, I mean, given that he's like, oh, I'm gonna attach myself to the bottom. I'm like, oh no, he's just gonna fucking saw a hole into the bottom of this. See, I was okay with the concept of launching, and he's like, the reason we're going under the ship is because those lo- those mine laying ships have terrible vi- vision above and below themselves, but and are most vulnerable right when they're docking with Luker hulks. So, you're all set, buddy. I'll have a way to get you on board that ship. We're going to get you in there, my man. Um, I have to assume that at that point he'll fuck off so he survives this story. Uh. We'll see. Because that's where it ends, is we we don't get to find out what the cool pirate thing is. Uh. Yep. Which... I bet it's a parrot. <laughs> it's probably some kind of eye patch. <laughs> He's got some kind of eye patch or, or uh, I don't know, a skull and crossbones. Yar. <laughs> <laughs> I'll deploy the Jolly Roger. <laughs> Surely they'll still heave aside and surrender. I'll give them a Jolly Rogering. <laughs> so, so anyway, that's where the chapter ends is just sort of uh, idle speculation about what the heck it is Charza Quinn has planned. Yeah. Now, I got to say, this is the penultimate episode. We are going to finish this book next week. We are. And every time we do one of these fucking Star Wars books, I'm like, dude, you've got like 20 pages left. How are you wrapping all of this shit up? Jesus Christ, you could have made this happen so much sooner. There's very little left to wrap up, I feel like. Like, the only three of these characters need to be alive at the end of the story. I mean, if it's like, anyway, uh, the planet blows everything up, but somehow the only named people survive. I'm like, that's horseshit, and it sucks. But we know how it happens, it, which is just that Anakin still has control of that Sakatan warship that they just built for him that's faster than everything else here, and he just gets into it, blows up the the, the mine layer, and then blows up the Luker Hulk that the mine layer is inside, and then they fly away to safety just in time for to watch the hyperspace kapoop uh, as it kills everybody around it. That's That's how this ends. The only question is, how does Tarkin survive? And my guess is he's their prisoner or something. It's, that's the kind of thing where I'm like, you can't just be like, anyway, you remember how Tarkin was like a grand moth? Well, what if he was the prisoner of a little kid? You're like, no, you can't end a fucking book this no, way. You're, you're probably right. My guess is he just has a powerful escape ship hidden on this th- on this thing as well and also gets out. You know, just riding away in his little needle-shaped spaceship with Sinar sitting in the seat behind him and he's like, next time, Gadget! <laughs> next Sinar- time! Sinar sitting in Tarkin's lap. <laughs> Yeah, he's doing. He's Mad Cat. Yeah. Next time, gadget. <laughs> That's fine. That would work just fine. That's how this ends. Uh, I assume Charza Quinn gets to live too because his ship's fast. What I'm saying is there is less than twenty pages left, and describing the entire rescue, destruction of a full fleet, and leaving, and the fallout of that. I'm like, you could have really pushed this forward to like. Have this action happen at the halfway mark. Yeah. God damn it, Star Wars novels. It's always with the hurry up and wait with these things. You could have made the cool bits the focus. Yeah. You did not need to have a full half of your book like, anyway, so then there were some balls, and then they looked at the balls, and then the balls moved around. Dude, 
Fucking get on with it. Meanwhile, we'll check in with Sinar, who's still in hyperspace en route to where the balls are. And you're like, oh, <laughs> when do we get into the cracker factory? Oh, the fireworks I'm, factory. I'm going to have several chapters talking about how Sinar reprogrammed some things. And then one chapter telling you that it didn't matter. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Great work. I got my Simpsons factory references mixed up Ugh. because they both involve mill houses <laughs> or Van Houten's, I guess. Ugh. All right. Well, anyway, thanks so much for checking in. We bet you can't wait for the exciting conclusion to this Star Wars drama. But uh, to find that out, you'll have to tune in next week. And until then, hopefully you'll also stop by to get some bonus content over mm. at our Patreon. Where at patreon.com slash system mastery, should you choose to join us at the $4 per month level, you will receive bonus content in which we head to Wikipedia to find all kinds of crazy Star Wars stories to tell to each other and to you. You'll also get the ad-free versions of all of our shows on one convenient RSS feed. And at the $4 level, you'll even unlock the system mastery bonus content too. There's another level as well, though, that unlocks two more bonus shows. Yep. So please. Why not consider supporting us with a fine donation? We need them more than ever now because, you know, Patreon, you probably all noticed this because you're Patreon supporters and you're helping us out. You know, they recently like remodeled and changed their front end so it looks stupid and they have an upside down dick butt as their logo now. Um, they also redid the back end entirely and they use that as an opportunity to jack up the percentage they take from us. Yeah. God damn it. Patreon, you suck so bad and i wish there was another option venture capital is the worst because at this point there is no way that we the people who who currently give patreon checks have not made them more money than the people who gave them the seed investment in the first place and are currently fucking us over yeah um so but it does mean that we're losing a giant chunk of our resources which is let me tell you great right after they fucked up moving their bank account to sweden and co- cost us a good 15 percent of our patrons in general uh. so you know not to whine too much so please if you haven't pledged before, now's a great time to consider it. Or if you have pledged before and then it fell off, oh, maybe come on back. Yeah, because, whew, this is not going to be a comfortable month. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but hey, thanks so much for considering it. And of course, if you can't, we understand. that That's fine. You know, it's not your fault. Uh, just just, just uh, rate and review us and be, say nice things about us on the internet where other people might see it. That's just, all. Just tell people that we're real cool guys and we barely ever whine. That's right. Just this one time. <laughs> Hardly ever. Yeah. So, hey, until such time as we see you again, I hope you enjoyed the show. And I've been Elan Sleaze Bagano. And I don't have an ending for this. Well, you should figure one out because you have 20 pages. (laughs) 